Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Carolina Weather Group. Happy to have you this evening. We are closing out the year of 2021, hard to believe. And uh, we're joined by our good friend, Mark Suddeth from HurricaneTrack.com. I know uh, you guys probably have seen Mark on our show over the last few years as we kind of wrap up the hurricane season uh, that ended on November 30th. So uh, glad we can get that behind us. And relatively, you know, I'll do the little handshake here calm season for the Carolina coastline and, and overall in the tropics. We did have the one big hurricane, Hurricane Ida, and I'm sure we'll talk about that tonight. So uh, we'll uh, entertain uh, all the tropical systems and, and what all Mark has been working on throughout this season and maybe some things he's working on in the off season. So looking forward to that. And as always, you can interact with us on our social media pages uh, by tweeting at us or dropping us a message on Facebook or YouTube or all of those good things. So we'll be sure to monitor those as well. So uh, Mark, welcome back to the show. I know um, kind of a busy uh, mid season, but here lately it's, it's kind of been calm for you. So uh, how have you been? How's, uh, how's life treating you after the hurricane season's over? I've stayed busy. I've, um, you know, the season stopped seemingly in October, nature shut it down. And uh, I did go to Mexico for one Pamela down there, first trip to Mexico and uh, re recently just got back from Florida, no hurricanes, but took the video equipment down there and shot a bunch of interviews for this series that I self-produced called the Hurricane Highway. And I've been meaning to get those done and finally got around to it and um, wrapped that up, got back uh, last night, I guess. Wow, yeah, really, last night. And here we are, it's December 1st and season's behind us. You know, we had 21 name storms, seven hurricanes, four majors. That part's pretty much right in the ballpark of where we should be. A little bit more on the major hurricane side, but uh, all things considered, especially when we compare it to 2020, October and November were no shows this year for the Atlantic Basin. Definitely so. You know, we, we've been looking over the last several years, pretty busy uh, season, I know for you at least. Um, this year kind of got off to a, a, a fast start. We had our another name storm in May. Uh, and then we had some storms there in June. And then we kind of had a, a break in July before it really picked back up in August and September. So um, any of those first storms kind of memorable to you? So I went down for Elsa down to Florida, and that was memorable because it was Elsa and it was coming to Florida. And it was just like, oh, well, here, you know, here we go with that. Outside of the name and all the, you know, whatever the jokes about it, um, was the first time that we put a camera on our weather station, we take these weather stations and we, we can uh, clamp them to a Jersey wall, uh, the, the concrete railing of, of bridges and overpasses. And we lost one of those during Laura uh, near Hackberry, Louisiana. And we never knew why. We thought maybe somebody stole it. I think we might've even talked about this last year. Uh, could have blown off. There was a lot of theories and whatever. And so I said, you know what? We gotta have a hot spot in there to run the weather data. And we might as well just, you know, put a camera 10 feet away and stream so we can keep an eye on those weather stations. They're very expensive. And um, that was Elsa. That was the first time we did that at Cedar Key. And it was just so neat to see 10 feet in front of the camera, the, the weather station clamped on to the Jersey wall there and the anemometer doing its thing. And yeah, it's like 40, 45 mile per hour wind, no big deal. But that was Elsa. That was a good start. It was like, okay, this is neat. People really liked it. The Weather Channel would show it on the air. Just seeing a weather station doing what it does 
uh, became interesting. And it's neat too, because the Nest Cams that we use have such a wide angle that you could see around you know, the weather station. It's not right up taking the whole frame. And so you could see other stuff. You can see the wind blowing on the water and the clouds going by. Um, but also Elsa brought in a pretty good uh, couple feet of water, you know, and two feet of salt water. You guys know in Charleston, two feet of salt water is a big deal. And so I put a little storm surge in there and I got to go down and meet with the fire chief uh, who's also the emergency management director at Cedar Key um, uh, and spend like an hour just talking about what we do in the future. And it's just that networking stuff really helps for future events. And then we had Henri um, and I was up in New York. I went to the Hamptons for the first time, went up to Montauk. And that's a whole, like we could do a whole show just on that. Like it was just so weird, you know, Henri became a category one hurricane and it was headed in their direction. And yet everybody's just having a great old time there in the Hamptons. We're driving through, it's bumper to bumper traffic. And there's people having like, you know, a quilt show and there's a little tea party and there's clowns and little girls walking around with balloons and licking ice cream cones. And everybody's, everybody drives a Tesla or a Mercedes. And it was just like, and now look, I get it. It wasn't Gloria or Cat 3 coming up there, the, you know, the Long Island Express or whatever, but there's a hurricane coming and you guys are under a tropical storm warning or maybe even a hurricane warning. And it was just like, what hurricane, you know? And um, that was weird just to see that. And then going out to Montauk and uh, seeing that far Eastern part. And then I did something I've always wanted to do. I was like, you know, we got these cameras and they can literally be put anywhere we want them. If we can strap it on there, we will. So I put it on one of those little light towers that'll sometimes be at the end of a jetty. And um, I mean, Shay, you know about that. You guys, Weatherflow puts weather stations on those things, some of them, right? And so we just put the camera right there looking down the jetty through this little inlet there at Montauk where billionaires are coming by on their yachts i mean who knows who it was these mega yachts going by and it got pretty rough and tumble during Henri. that was so neat to see from that point of view you know it was like being in the ocean once it all came in there and just scored uh, another point or two for the fact that we can just immerse you in that storm event and show you the impacts from a perspective that you just can't do if, if you want to try to shoot something, put it on Instagram and you want a, a million views on TikTok or whatever, you're going to shoot it with a video camera and, you know, and sell it to the news. You can't stand out on the jetty and do that in the, in the peak of the storm. But these cameras can. And that was really neat. And then that was the warm up to Ida not long after. Let's talk about that being up in the Northeast. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're, they're prone to getting tropical systems up there, but not a not not as uh, frequent as we do here in the southeast. Um, I know you, you're talking about people's like festival, like you know people out and about. Well, what was the atmosphere once things kind of ticked up? Did people kind of hunker down or or yeah, maybe kind of stay all, a little bit more serious? Or take it more they serious. They, they all headed indoors and you know closed up their shops. It was really weird. They've got these windmills up there. Um, that are like legit old style Dutch windmills. And you see people out there taking the fan blade on the bottom part. And when I say windmills, I'm not talking about like wind farm, big time wind gen. These are old windmills and they like, they grind stuff. They have a purpose, whatever, aside from generating electricity. 
and they would be anchoring down the bottom blade. They would get it vertical, and then some guy was like, you know, screwing this thing into the ground and just seeing that. Um, and then eventually, as the, as the rain bands came in and whatever, everybody kind of took shelter. But what was so weird is there was a couple of little towns in there. I don't even remember the name of it, but uh, I was up there with this Brazilian geographer colleague of mine. His name is Marcel. And we were driving around. And we're in this one town. And we were leaving after putting a camera up. And the road kind of winds around. And we both said at the same moment, like one of those weird things where you just, two of you say the same thing. We go, this reminds me of Stephen King. Like it's a Stephen King novel. Just the look of everything, the way the trees were and these these weird, you had to be there. It's like the buildings and everything. It just screamed of a Stephen King horror. It's like, this is where they shot it or whatever. Uh, what was that? Deary or something, whatever that place is called. I expected him to just come out and walk across the street Good evening, gentlemen. Nice night for a hurricane, isn't it? Or whatever. And it was just different. Uh, and then we ran into a couple of other people that live up there. This uh, guy, Nick, um, who lives on Long Island. Nick, he's either Panico or Panico. I've yet to ask him how to pronounce his name. P-A-N-I-C-O. He lives up there. Um, and this guy, Tony, from here in Wilmington went up there. And yeah, in the end, it wasn't a real big deal. They had some flash flooding in metropolitan New York. And one of the weirdest things is we were able to drive from, I don't even remember where we stayed, honestly, somewhere in central Long Island, that a flash flood warning in metropolitan New York. And I thought, you know, of course, let's go, let's go see that. And it took like 20 minutes to drive into Manhattan. There was no traffic. When it rains like that up there, the people do head indoors. And there we were at the New York Public Library, and it's just raining like cats and dogs. And I tweeted it. I tweeted, I was like, I showed a picture. I said, you know, if you know, you know. And it was literally, it reminded <laughs> me of the day after tomorrow. You know, that was, scene right in front, you know. I was getting ready to ask. I, I, I thought that's where the day after tomorrow was at, so. There just wasn't a guy arguing with the hot dog dude or whatever, <laughs> the fella. It was surreal. But then again, it was a big, um, you know, two things. Seriously, it was a reminder, you know, Northeast is vulnerable. Like, they could really get clocked hard. Um, with something coming up out of the deep tropics. Um, that's a lot of people up there. It really is. And things have changed. You know, we think about the next, who knows how many years, is it going to be a generation before we go back to the way things were in, in 2019? And what I mean by that is all the people that moved out of Manhattan that now live out because the office thing is not a, a thing anymore. And so a lot of people left and they went out and they live in the Hamptons permanently. And so they sold their New York properties. So a lot of people, when there was a hurricane, they would leave the Hamptons or Fire Island and they would go to the city. I'll just go to my apartment in the city, these very wealthy people. Well, they don't have those anymore. So they're going to have to stick it out on Fire Island and the Hamptons. And, you know, it wasn't this year. It was close with Henri. But what if it's next year? The pandemic, interestingly enough, is going to change where some people live in the country that are going to put them to be more vulnerable to some certain weather uh, disasters. And the Northeast, I think, is a good example of that with hurricanes. You know, if anybody listening wants to donate money for an anemometer or a GoPro or something like that, how can they do that? The best thing to do is to think of this as a cooperative instead of a membership or a subscription 
Um, you get out of it what you put in. And one of our supporters from the UK wrote in to me and he's like, you know, I realized that we get out as supporters of this so much. And, you know, it, for what you're asking, $10 a month minimum to whatever you want. And some people do 100 and everything in between that we get out a tremendous amount in return that there's different people that do this. You know, if you've heard of Pecos Hank, he has a Patreon and it's very successful. Um, and there are others, I can't think, uh, weathernerds.org is Patreon. Lee, uh, Levi Cowan's Tropical Tidbits has got a Patreon on there. And there's, there's certainly others around the world in the world of weather and other, other stuff you know, outside of weather. So yeah, it's, um, it's an opportunity to be a part of the whole process. So instead of a paywall and you get in and you get things like a service, you come in and we work together. We do Zoom meetings just like this. We have a chat. We're starting to do more with Discord. Um, and yeah, I get to meet with people when I'm on the road because we, we it's just like, it's the, the crowd part is the, the, the best part because there's a good group of people that are all like-minded and then the fund is what makes the world go round. You know, I'm not, I don't have a Bruce Wayne foundation of millions of dollars in a bank account somewhere that I just do this because I don't have anything else to do. The website is interesting because Hurricane Track is the brand, but we really don't do as much with hurricanetrack.com so much as it is Hurricane Track on YouTube, Hurricane Track on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, right? It's like, the, the dot com is more of the billboard. Hey, we're still here or whatever. And then everything else is just puzzle pieces. Uh, and Patreon is part of that. It's patreon.com slash hurricane track. And you can you know become a member. And I have a podcast that I do. I do these, uh, this, um, it's a long format podcast uh, where I just talk about my career and get different people in that have influenced it over the years um to the series that i produced the hurricane highway which is uh every bit as good in my opinion as something you'd see on you know disney plus or nat geo or whatever and i self-produced that um and it's completely up to us i don't have anybody telling me what you, you know you got to have some more drama in there can you and brent argue <laughs> fight and maybe come maybe one of you comes jumping in through the window and oh my god there's logs coming in. yeah uh -uh. let's let the hurricanes tell the story in terms of the drama and i'll stitch it all together um through interviews you know the old talking head interviews to um music i produce my own music for it to you know the setup of what we're doing and you know the data side and it's just fun and i get to do whatever I want to do and and people seem to like it and as long as I don't mess up and which I don't think I will right but you know we live we live in a culture where you make one wrong move and people try to cancel you um in the world of weather that's pretty hard to do generally speaking you got to be a pretty big scumbag to have everybody cancel you and so we're pretty safe there we just keep moving forward and doing what we're doing with all these great people and look at all the people I've gotten to meet just through this and other podcasts that I get to be on. It's it's remarkable. After Ida, we had a few more storms that that, that were category ones that, that came ashore. But honestly, the 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 season just kind of stopped October. Um, yeah, you know, unheard of of years past. So 
tell us what you think about how, how everything ended. So after Ida, the only other significant landfall that I was part of anyway was Nicholas. And which was funny because I was going back flying to Gulfport to meet a gentleman that lives in and around um, Walker, Louisiana. Long story short, he went over to Frenier Landing and picked up these cameras for us a few days after Ida when the water went away and just whatever. It's just we needed to get those cameras back, especially the GoPro. And he went and got it. And I was going to fly in and meet him and pick that stuff up and fly home. Well, as I was getting ready to fly in, oh, there comes Nicholas. I was like, okay. So got a colleague of mine to come up from Miami, and he rented a car in New Orleans and picked me up, and we went over to Texas and um, tackled Nicholas. And what was interesting with Nicholas is there we were on the ferry going from Bolivar Peninsula to Galveston, and there's a hurricane 80 miles away. Like, it was so weird um like we got, got to the end of bolivar and the, you know, is the ferry still running like yeah why wouldn't it be it's like because you're under hurricane warning and i can see galveston bay out there going you know whatever and they're like yeah it's fine it's like okay texas is definitely <laughs> definitely independent but okay you know and we went across and it was no big deal and nicholas was interesting it kind of rapidly intensified there and there's a hurricane and maybe one of the quadrants you know they're all different and how they structurally come together but as um, Scotty was mentioning after that, yes, we had Sam. And yes, we ended up with Wanda. But all of these forecasts, you know, we look at what everybody was thinking from Dr. Klotzbach to Ben Knoll, myself, people on message boards that have been around for a long time, like Storm 2K. We thought October, like, get ready. It's coming. That second season's coming. And it was dead, just like a drop off, like, wow you know and nobody can i can't explain it i i don't know what happened like you can say oh there was a lot of wind shear and there was this or that well then what was the cause of all of that because in a la nina supposed to have lower wind shear and, you know, and the water temperatures were above normal and just you know a lot of speculation but it, it basically quit and even in the eastern pacific with pamela and rick um, they were looking like they could be really strong and, you know, the GFS would be all in and the Euro would be like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, oh, we're back to that again. And, you know, Pamela didn't turn out to be too big of a deal, which was very good for Mazatlan and vicinity, but a weird October and November. And again, as we're recording this now, there's finally a typhoon over in the Westpac. I say finally, because it's out in the open. It's not going to affect anybody directly, but it's been a while. Like everything just shut down. I don't know. Maybe maybe the universe cut us a break. You know, have too much going on, and it's like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna pause the tropical cyclones for a couple of months. You humans have been through enough. What's something that you got to do if you come to visit the Wilmington area? Lately, is walk the waterfront. They've really done a good job in downtown Wilmington of making the waterfront along the Cape Fear River remarkable. Um, and it's just great. It's just this long river walk and uh, the, the money going in down there, these condos going up and there's a big amphitheater there. I went and saw Jim Gaffigan uh, for my uh, anniversary over at this new amphitheater. Uh, Wilmington's come a long way. Now on the flip side, it's become a lot more populated, which drives me up the wall. But you know, between that and just going to Wrightsville Beach, Wrightsville Beach is beautiful. 
next question is about the a must-go-to restaurant. Uh, it can be Wilmington, Wrightsville, Ocean Isle, Shallot, whichever. Uh, what, what's your what's your go-to spot? My favorite spot in the Wilmington area is a local Japanese steakhouse called Hiro H I R O. Um, just for kind of, I mean, I know it's exactly like Can Key or Benihana's, and you know, it's kind of oh, it's Japanese steakhouse. So it's not a chain, but it's a typical. You know, but it's a good one. Favorite uh, place to stop when you're on the road, and we'll start with Texas. It's Cheesecake Factory, Texas Roadhouse, and Longhorn. One of those three, we go there, no matter where it is. And people get all irate, like, you need to go to, you know, wherever, local place. And I'm like, look, we, I just, I, I'm not on vacation. So that's <laughs> different. If I'm on vacation yeah. and we got time, yeah, let's go, you know. Yeah, but so it's, I, I like the familiarity of where we're going to go. And I literally know all these miles I've driven that the Cheesecake Factory down near NASA Webster is always real good. Or the Longhorn in Slidell is just top notch or whatever. The Texas Roadhouse at wherever is just the best, you know, Gulfport, Mississippi. And those are my whatevers. But, you know, along the way, we'll stop and get something. Bucky's, we'll stop at Bucky's and eat something there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. Okay, well, that made the, the question a whole lot easier. I don't have to rattle off uh, every single state along the East Coast. Uh, have you done any chasing overseas? If you count Bermuda, yes. <laughs> I'll count Bermuda. Okay, so what's a place you got to stop in Bermuda to, to grab a bite? I wish I knew the name of it, um, this one particular spot. I can't think of it, so I will say this other place that I had a bite, and I do remember this, it's the Swizzle Inn. Swizzle, you swagger, swizzle in and swagger out, or whatever the phrase is. Yeah, it sounds like it's founded uh, by Snoop Dogg or something. <laughs> it's, it's really old, old, been there a long time. And um, the, the owner's name escapes me off the top of my head. Uh, real nice guy. I met him after Hurricane Gonzalo in 2014 when I was there. His, his restaurant was wrecked a little bit, um, and a satellite dish blew down, and he was really upset because he couldn't see the football match, the soccer match. Uh, I don't remember who it was. Chelsea was playing somebody, and I can't see my Chelsea, whatever. Damn it. It was, like, really funny. Like, <laughs> you just went through a Cat 3-2-whatever hurricane, and you're mad because you can't watch the football game. I saw recently you went to Bucky, so I, I need, your, I need your, your analysis of that. I'm not sure if you've ever been before. I'm sure you have. I mean, you've yeah. been all over Texas and all that. So for those folks who may have never – been able to visit of Bucky's, which I absolutely love. Tell us about it. Tell us so uh, what you think about Bucky's. So Bucky's is the Disney World of gas stations, <laughs> and um, it is it is like a super gas station uh, with like a hundred pumps and this amazing service center where you can pretty much get anything you need. Like they make food in there. They have a bakery. Um, you can get barbecue, brisket, you can get, if you want something healthy, they got this whole, these islands of like fresh salads and fruits and vegetables. You can get chocolate. They make fudge right there. It's like a confectioner shop. Then they have a gift shop, but you can also get like a small tractor and a barbecue cooker <laughs> and logs and, you know, whatever. And they can do everything in five minutes if you want to. <laughs> It's the most spectacular thing I've ever visited. That's right. It's a phenomenon. It is uniquely American, and it's uniquely Texas that's starting to branch out. They're building one in Florence, South Carolina, 
and it's like oh my goodness you know like yeah bucky's there's just something you know some people don't get it they just don't get it but once they they see it then you're just like oh bucky's you're hooked <laughs> you are definitely hooked uh you mentioned florence are also building one in severeville tennessee so if you like heading up oh. to gatlinburg yeah. and i've read mark this is going to be the biggest one they've built yet and i don't know how it can get any bigger than what they already are but yeah, I, I can't wait to see it same yeah I mean, imagine, imagine, we'll get to Hurricane Talk here in a minute, but y'all, Shay, Frank, Jared, have you guys been to Bucky's before? I haven't. No, I, I always but, thought. Uh, having been around a little bit, I, I can tell you it seems like it's it's like um, like a QT, a Sheets up north and uh, south of the border, and, and maybe a Flying J all rolled into one. Is that something? <laughs> is that close? <laughs> maybe. I, I will say this. Imagine like a Lowe's Home Improvement, that size of a store. Right. And it's got, uh, like Mark said, I mean, hundreds of gas pumps. And it's got like a, a whole deli section of just beef jerky. Whatever flavor you want beef jerky, it's there. And then they have in the middle of the store a brisket cutting board where you can order all these brisket sandwiches and a fudge bar and a bakery. And then like, like Mark said, you, if you need something for the farm, you can, you can get it there. Yeah. Uh, they got like home decor. Like if you go to a Hobby Lobby, I mean, well, if it's in Texas, it definitely better sell brisket. Right. The yeah. I mean, you had me at brisket. Yeah. It's a phenomenon. There's like a hundred stalls in the bathroom <laughs> and there's artwork on the wall as you go into the bathroom that you can purchase. And it's not junky breaking bad hotel artwork. It's like <laughs> really good local artists, canvas, oil paintings, whatever. And you can buy that artwork if you want to. You can go, take a leak, wash your hands, take the art off the wall, go pay for it with your beaver nuggets and your cantaloupe and your barbecue cooker. And the customer service is unbelievable. I mean, it's, and it's like, what? <laughs> Mark, thank you for your time tonight. We appreciate all the work you do. Uh, be sure to follow Mark on social media. How can we do that, Mark? What's the best way to do it? Yeah, the good thing is it's easy. It's all Hurricane Track, Hurricane T-R-A-C-K. So Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, slash Hurricane Track. And that's where we are. Thank you for your time. And thank you My all pleasure. for, yeah, thank you uh, for all you do. And thank you all for joining us tonight here on the Carolina Weather Group. We'll see you back here real soon.